This is Counsel for Life, a podcast engaging conversations about mental health and the Christian life with licensed biblical counselors Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. Welcome back to Counsel for Life. I'm Beth. And I'm Eliza. We're so glad you joined us today, and we are really, really grateful for the response we've had. It's been mm-hmm. really wonderful. Uh, the The number of people who have expressed encouragement and gratitude just for us being able to have these conversations. So we're so grateful for that. We want you to send us comments. Let us know, are there particular topics that you're interested in having us talk about related to mental health and the Christian life? And so we're excited to do that in whatever way is helpful for you guys. Eliza, today, I really want us to chat about uh, something that we both have experienced as um, in, in our church life as members of churches, but also on staff at churches and thinking about church life as I was going to say in the wake of the pandemic, I don't think it's, it's obviously not over yet, but just mm-hmm. as we begin to try to reestablish patterns of living that include our community mm-hmm. of faith. And what are some things, I just want to ask you, what are some things that you've noticed through the pandemic and people have been so isolated and what are some things you've noticed related to church life and community life and how that maybe has shifted for a lot of people during the pandemic and, and even now that things are more open. Well, and, and this is going to kind of frame our, our conversation today really is that probably one of the biggest things is the difficulty of knowing how to re-engage and for very understandable reasons, we have, um, many people are maybe still not back in church, but I would say for the most part, we're seeing about 50, 60% of people who, you know, want to be in church are, are back on a more regular basis. At least that's, I read something recently that said that, but, um, but for understandable reasons, we've had to had to be apart and um, take caution and even how we get back together. Like what does getting back together look like for for not just our own health, but other people's health? And so first we have to recognize like there this has been an understandable season to to be away from each other. It makes sense. There's no shame in taking whatever cautions you need to take to make sure you and your family are not at risk because we have seen just the tragedy of this Mm -hmm. whole pandemic. And so um, first of all, we just want to acknowledge that and recognize that as a very uh, real and important uh, reality. But I think, you know, as we, like you said, are we in the wake of it? Are we, (laughs) I hope we are. I mean, it's, it's hard to know, but um, as things have begun to start to have some new rhythms and some new patterns, sadly, we are seeing that people even though they maybe feel safe, aren't coming back to church. And I think that's what, you know, we want to talk about today on like how that actually, how does that fit into like your life as a believer, but even just healthy living, your mental health, does it have anything to do with that? And um, I think, you know, as we think about that, so put uh, putting in the forefront, there are some understandable reasons to, to, to have that distance. But now that we're moving towards getting back together, I think there's been some, some reasons that maybe haven't been helpful that, that people are still not engaging. Um, and one of them is we just get out of the habit of it. Like we just, we're not in a routine and it becomes really easy. I think most churches are still offering an online, um, option, which I think is great and think they should, but it can be easier. It's like, well, stayed up late. I'll just zoom in this morning, you know? So, yeah. and well, even- and I'll be honest. I mean, 
there were, there have been times where, so, so recently I moved from full-time on staff at our church down to part-time. And part of the the impetus of that was that I was not working Sundays anymore. Mm. And I will tell you that, man, there have been times where I've thought, oh, we have zoom church. Oh, I don't want to, my people, it takes a long time to get my people ready and to get everybody in the car and has everyone eaten breakfast. And wouldn't it be great to just, I remember the, yeah. what felt comfortable and good and it was good for for the season we were in to be able to have church in our living room. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's some comfort in that. And I think, you know, we our church does a Zoom service that people can tune into. It's live and it it feels similar mm-hmm. to being there and it feels mm-hmm. like it oh maybe this is enough. Maybe it's okay. So I just I mean the temptation is real, you know, to it is. To, to just to to stay at home instead. And uh, so I think that's really helpful, but habits are important. I mean, they what really you are. said about just being out of the habit mm-hmm. and, and our habits help to form our lives, mm-hmm. right? So it is something that is important for us. It's, it's why we think about disciplining ourselves in mm-hmm. particular arenas, because naturally we're, our bodies and our brains are going to do whatever's easiest. Like that's what we want to do is whatever's easiest, whatever's comfortable. So that idea of it is good for me to be physically embodied when I can with other believers. Yeah. And, and I think that's really, really helpful and important. And I think in a minute, even after I'd love for you to hear, uh, to share maybe a couple other reasons why people might not be returning, but I'd also like to talk about, um, why is it important to yeah. be embodied? Like what is the the thing about doing that rather than watching on YouTube or zoom from home. So, mm-hmm. but before we do that, I'd love to hear you, you mentioned just being out of the habit. What are some other reasons you think why people may not be returning to church? Yeah, I, I would say there, there is a sense where, um, we are seeing how much we really truly valued it or not, you know, what mm. our commitment level really was. And that isn't necessarily, I'm not saying that to shame anybody, but I think it is good for us to check ourselves and say, you know what, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Christ. And yet I'm I, my actions of not attending church, at least as a community, which we're going to talk about why that's so important. My actions are showing that, you know what, it's not that valuable to me. And I think that, I know that's a hard thing to kind of hear, but I think it's important for us to be able to say like, what we value, we make time for and we press into. And so I think we are kind of, our hearts are being exposed a little bit. Like, what do we love? Do we love, like you mentioned, like, yeah, I've been there too. The comfort of just like, ah, it's cozy and I don't want to go kind of a thing. Uh, But I think that speaks to also like, how we actually view church. Do we view it as something for me? Like it's good for me. Yes, it's good for you. But if you're thinking, well, I can just, I can just zoom in and that'll be fine. That's still good for me. But we forget that actually we're good for each other. And we, I think we underestimate the importance of how much um, it's not just good for me, but it's also good for others to be together. And if everybody's kind of doing the same thing of like, "Ah, I'll just zoom in. We're not together. And so I think just a misunderstanding of, 
you know, the value that it really brings. And, and like I said, maybe an exposure of our hearts a little bit and none of that's to bring shame there. I don't want anybody to show up after not going to church, you know, zooming in at home because they had reasons that were important to not go. I don't want anybody to feel like, oh, now I'm really not going to go. Cause I'm going to feel like people are looking down at me. No, we want when you to come back to church, we want you to know you were missed and not have to explain yourself. But I, my encouragement is, you know, look, look, at your heart, are you actually just doing what's most comfortable for you mm-hmm. and um, not really thinking about what's valuable for other people as well? Yeah. But you know what you said, Eliza, about um, feeling kind of this sense of shame. I think that's important too, that, you know, people may be reticent to return because it's been a while. And when they enter back in that there is a unique discomfort that comes. And then of course, like you said, if there's somebody that walks up and says, where have you been? Like, you know, it's <laughs> bit tough. Let's not do that. That's a hard thing. Um, and and so even if what we're trying to communicate is we've missed you often, you know, people can receive that as, oh gosh, I feel, I I feel exposed. Mm -hmm. I wish I could just be invisible and show up at church for a couple of times as I'm getting used to being here. And, um, and I get that. I mean, it's a real thing, but I do think that is a, that level of discomfort, I hope is not something that is debilitating. It's something that you can notice it and say, Oh, Mm -hmm. this is uncomfortable. Maybe I want to, if, you know, if you were planning to go to service by yourself, you could call a friend and say, Hey, can you meet me in the parking lot so that we can Mm -hmm. walk in together? That's a helpful thing to kind of get you over that initial obstacle of being back in service. But I do think it's important to notice it, but not to, uh, not to give it so much power that it, that it, forces you back into old, old habits or patterns of just being at home when really, Mm -hmm. you know, in your heart, it's, it's a helpful thing to be embodied with, with the church. So I think that's important. And I want to acknowledge it. I also want to acknowledge, man, people have been in a state of fear Mm -hmm. for a year and a half. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is, this has been our life. Mm -hmm. And for some, it's been so horrific and, and it's been, overwhelming to the point of now it's hard to even imagine feeling safe in a public space. So that's just, again, something to notice, something to pay attention to, and even maybe to talk with someone about, maybe you jump on last week's podcast about what does it mean to find a good, a good counselor? You know, is there space? This is one of those spaces that it might be helpful to have somebody to just talk with about, the, the unique fears that you're experiencing that have, that have been happening for so long that now it just, it's hard to imagine Mm -hmm. being in a public space and, and feeling safe. So that's, that's just important. I think anything else you can think of Eliza? Yeah, those are all good. And I think, you know, maybe leading into what, what, um, slightly shifting the conversation a little bit, like those are, those are the reasons maybe why people haven't been there, but we really want to encourage you toward the reasons that are so important for you to go to church now that we have opened back up in a way that's safe and and appropriate for your family. But, um, but to really take that step that this is actually, I was thinking about this as we were considering talking about this subject, as we mentioned, both Beth and I are licensed counselors. So we have clinical training and in clinical training, they are going to tell you when you work with somebody, who is their community, find out their community, who are they connected with? And I think we underestimate the importance and the value that the body of Christ has to our mental health, to our well-being, being in community, not just community, casual, shallow community that you can maybe find just, you know, at, you know, the local meetup or something that you're going to ha- go on a hike with somebody or meet them for coffee or whatever that that are just in your neighborhood. Though those can be deep. We're talking about people who 
believe the same things you do. People who are, who are deeply connected to things that really matter to your whole life. And that's where you're going to find the church is unique in that it's a unique community. And I would say, you know, when we look at the Bible, it's a family, like you are connected to the family of God. So imagine, and I know people have felt this during the pandemic. Like I've had people say to me, and even for myself, like it's been a long time since I've seen some of my family members a long time because of the pandemic and I miss them and I want to be back with them. And so I think in many ways, like viewing it like that, like it's healthy for you to be a part of your faith family. And when you're not there, you're not progressing in the way that God would design. You're not moving forward. There are certain things you're just not going to be able to get when you worship alone in your living room, as opposed to going to church. And so we want to encourage that just from the mental health standpoint, you know, there's obviously going to be reasons and we want people to, to, you know, do things wisely, but if it's just a matter of getting out of the habit, I would say, consider how much you actually need it. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? I don't know if this is going to be helpful or not, but my clients know that I sometimes think of analogies or like word pictures to describe certain things. And so I always preface it. Maybe this is helpful. Maybe it's not. But as you were talking, it reminded me of, uh, in sort of the manifest destiny period of time in the, in, in the States where people would travel out West to live, they always went with another, with a lot of people. There was like a wagon train is what they called it. Right. So you never did that by yourself because it was way too dangerous. You needed other people's resources and you need multiple wagons so that, and this term circle the wagons, that's what it came from is this Mm -hmm. idea of like circle up because there's a danger outside and we want to circle the wagons around each other Mm -hmm. so that there is a protective factor. So there's, I don't know why I thought of that, but it's this idea of of being together with other people who have different gifts and and different um, ways of being and seeing in the world that can help each other in that way. We are never meant to cross by ourselves. No, this, we were this journey we were, of sanctification. We were designed for community from the beginning. And it, uh, there's a passage in Colossians three, verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. There's a picture there that cannot be done on your own. Like exactly like we, there are certain things that we cannot fulfill in scripture outside of being in the church like you said, embodied together, face-to-face in physical connection with one another. And so you, when we begin to drift away from that, and I've, and I, I've heard people say like, no, but I'm good with God, but God is telling you like, there's more, there's more that you are not experiencing. You're not able to do some of these things if you're not in fellowship with people. So I look at that obviously from a mental health standpoint, but from a spiritual health standpoint and even an emotional and relational health standpoint, like how am I getting relational health with the people who I'm calling brothers and sisters in Christ? If I'm not doing these things that Colossians says, being able to, uh, to, to teach and to admonish one another and to sing together, to be thankful with one another, it just does something for our souls that I think we can easily undermine as, uh, I think I'm doing okay. But my hope is that you're starting to miss it 
And if yeah. you're starting to miss it, it's because the Lord designed it for you that way. Yeah. And that, that, um, let the word in Christ word of Christ dwell in you richly that you is not you individually. It's no. you as the body, like mm-hmm. having it dwell in, in us richly mm-hmm. so that we do these things with one another yeah. is a huge component. And again, yeah, we're never meant to be isolated in our faith. We're never meant to do this by ourselves. And as you were talking, it also just reminded me of a passage in Hebrews chapter 10 Yes, and in, in verses uh, 23 through 25, I'll just read it. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And that word day is capitalized, Mm. indicating that it's talking about the day of the Lord when Christ returns. And so this idea of considering how can we stir up one another to love and good works? How in the world do you do that if you're not together? Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's saying the Lord is faithful. He has promised to hold us secure in him, but that is a communal thing that happens when we're held together as the body of Christ, that's the reason, I mean, Paul used the analogy of body in that, like, no, your hand doesn't go do its own thing. It's part of the body. It's, it's all one thing together communally. So just the beauty and the glory of that is, is so essential. And I think where we tell ourselves, we're talking to ourselves all the time mm-hmm. where we tell ourselves, it's not that big of a deal. It's okay. Um, I just think that's, we just, again, need to just notice that where's that yeah. happening for us. Mm-hmm. And in what ways is that in that internal voice influencing us away from others into isolation? And let's just admit it's easier. It is easier to try to, to yes. on the, on the short end, it's easier to do this thing by ourselves, but anyone who's experienced a great degree of suffering can tell you that when it comes to when life hits you, when things are difficult, and then even in in seasons of joy, it's, this is, this is meant to be a beautiful thing where we come together under one banner, the banner of the love of Christ. And so, uh, man, I, I am so grateful for the body of Christ. I think I'm more grateful now that we've had this season where we weren't able to be embodied together. I see the beauty of it. I hope we all do. And where you don't listeners, if you don't see the, the, the beauty of how the body's meant to function, if that's hard for you, we're just encouraging you to take little steps forward, to just take steps forward into and towards other believers and towards the church, because it is for your good. It is for your flourishing and thriving. And it's for the good of others. You have gifts that are uniquely given to you by God. And, um, it's, the body of Christ needs you. You are a needed part. But also, I think sometimes we can we can gravitate towards people who are just like us. And mm-hmm. so you might be listening to this and saying, I got my friends. We're all good. You know, I love Jesus and I got my friends or whatever. Great. Mm-hmm. Praise God for that. But here's another point. The body of Christ is diverse and it puts you in situations that stretch you, that grow you. You begin to hear different perspectives. You 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 hear different takes on life as they, as people are walking with the Lord, how they're bringing in scripture to their own life and, and how they live it out uniquely as, as a different member of the body. And so I think it's great to have your circle of friends, but more than likely those close circles of friends are going to be very similar to you. And so don't underestimate the value of like the diversity of other people. I, and, and it can just, it can be so unique. Like 
I, in my church group, we have very diverse church group and this isn't the best part of it. The best part of it is just all the, the fellowship and the love that's there. But I love knowing that my friend is from Ethiopia. And when we gather at her house, she makes Ethiopian food. And it's been so much fun to enjoy that. Or, or other people from different backgrounds that bring a perspective that I would never really understand, except for that they're bringing that unique perspective. And I need that in my life. Otherwise I get very tunnel vision, you know, so Absolutely. you're needed and the body of Christ brings unique gifts um, to you as well. And so this might sound a little bit preachy, but the reason why we're, we're sharing this is because it actually is for your flourishing. Like we want people to flourish and we care about your mental health. We care about your spiritual health, your relational health. And so like Beth said, if you need to take a little step, like let this be the voice from the Lord saying, take that step, mm. get back into the body, move towards that community that, um, that loves you and that you can love on. Hmm, so good. And, and I will say, you know, for all of the difficulty of the season that we've been in for the last 18 months, it's also really encouraging to hear just stories of, of blessings that the Lord mm -hmm. has brought our way, despite sure. the difficulty. He's so good to do that. He, he puts these these, um, encouragements in our path. And so I wanted to just end on a really positive note and ask you, and then I can answer as well. What it was there any kind of unique blessing that you experienced during this past 18 months, even maybe because of the fact that you were isolated or, um, mm. or in spite of it. And I assume you mean not like the blessing of getting to just rock leggings and flannels. Oh my gosh. Day. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say that you saw my answer. I actually, uh, it, it ended up being, I think it was Feb, mid February that I bought three or four new pairs of pajama pants. And then when the pandemic hit, I was like, thank you, Jesus. I have these new pants. I'm wearing them every day. I completely wore them out. Oh Nobody goodness. knew that, you know, well, you know. I will tell you not, I don't know that this is a blessing or not. I will share a blessing, but um, because of that, like, yeah, that was a reality. Like, I'm like, okay, what am I going to put on today? Which t-shirt am I going to wear again? Oh, how about the one I slept in? That might work. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so there has been a shift in the fashion industry because recently with all the conferences starting back up, I've had to, I've had to freshen my wardrobe a little bit as I prepare to go speak at places that I don't want to speak in my like flannels and leggings. Um, <laughs> I wish they would let us. That'd be awesome. <laughs> They probably would. Everybody else attending the conferences are looking more and more casual these days. But um, but the the fashion industry has been greatly affected by the pandemic. This is a total side note. There is a new line of fashion called athleisure wear. So Ath wait, say it again. Athleisure. Athleisure wear. Yeah, it's basically kind of like a like lounge wear meets athletic kind of style, and and people are wearing that because. I went into the mall and I was shopping at some of these stores. I'm like, where is your business casual? And they're like, we couldn't sell it. Nobody's going into the offices anymore. Like most people are working at least, you know, a few days at home. And so I'm having to adjust to athleisure wear. But wow. um, anyway, I think what was a blessing for me comes to the top of my mind was definitely the walks that I took with my husband almost every day, just us and everybody else was too. And so just yeah. getting to see neighbors out because we were like what we've been talking about, because we were so missing from community, seeing everybody out, like you could feel it. Like we want to be together six feet apart because we were right in the middle of the pandemic, but like, it was just so good to see people. And that was a real blessing for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I would say for me, so I have 
two kids who are not really kids anymore. I have a 20 year old and an 18 year old, and then I have a 10 year old. And that season for us, especially early on where there was so much quarantine happening, we just uniquely were, we're in the house together, you know, and praise God, we, we already liked each other, you know, so we were, we were doing okay, but just being able to have more quality time together was really uniquely wonderful. And we, we are busy people normally. And we, you know, we're had things going on multiple nights a week before the pandemic started and just a lot happening. And so we discovered some, we rediscovered some cartoon shows that my older kids really liked when they were younger. Then they introduced their little brother to those shows and us, some of those (laughs) things that were really fun and just, and, and playing new games. We learned how to play poker. Hopefully that doesn't offend anybody, not with real money, (laughs) but my husband taught the rest of us how to play poker. It was really fun. We learned, we found some new games that we liked and just uniquely lots of, lots of joy together as a family. And, and I say that. And at the same time, I want to say, I recognize that there's a lot of people that were so totally isolated. I recognize Mm -hmm. that as a huge blessing. And I think I learned some valuable things about what it looks like, what it could look like to be creative in a time when there are people who they live alone or they, yeah. you know, they don't have mm-hmm. that close connection to family during that season was so difficult and even devastating for people. And I, I really, uh, there was a lot of conviction in my heart about that. Just mm-hmm. what does it mean to bring other people in and to, um, to recognize yeah. that this is our family. We got to get creative in seasons yeah. like the pandemic of how to continue to be a family and to foster growth and, and fellowship with one another, even if we physically can't be together. So anyway, yeah, yeah that was a unique blessing for us as a family. Well, that's interesting to me that we, our conversation today was about being a part of the community of God, being back in this family of faith that um, getting, moving back into that and why that's so important. And the very things that we both pointed to that were blessings was being with people, being in community, which just underscores it all the more. So we hope this has been helpful for you guys. We hope that it encourages you to maybe take that step, encourage somebody else to take that step. But maybe if you know somebody who is, who's been hesitant or reticent to come back to church. And we also will say, we recognize there's other extenuating circumstances unrelated to the pandemic that make going to church hard. But we just want to encourage you if you can walk with somebody and encourage them towards that in some way, shape or form. We hope that um, that you would do that for their good and for your good. So thanks so much for joining us again. We look forward to having you listen. And again, please like and share this so that other people hear about it. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Counsel for Life with Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please be sure to rate, share, and subscribe. And for more information, visit counselforlifepodcast.com.